And so today we enter into, we continue with the series that we've been studying as we continue to encourage one another in the faith. You remember my main focus in all the teaching I've been teaching almost for the whole of this year, it has been lined on faith. Remember his word. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to walk with God. Without faith, it is impossible to experience and to sense God in our lives. Without faith, it is impossible to see the move of God in every area or in any area of our lives. And hence, the desire to stir ourselves up. As I speak to you, I speak to myself. Because the word of God is a double-edged sword. It cuts both ways. And it is very effective. And he desires, he says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Let your every action be in the grace of faith. Let your every word as you encourage one another be in that grace of faith. Let your every vision and your every desire, what you long for, let it be in the channel of faith. That I'm not going to do it because I can. I'm going to do it because he can enable me to do it. That I'm doing it not in my strength. I'm doing it because I'm linked to him who is the invisible one, who is the omnipotent one, who is the one who is able at all times. He will see me through. It's not because I've learned how to do it, but it is because his spirit is moving me on. So every day I am living by faith. I'm taking a step forward by faith, believing that what I'm going to do is under his grace. We have said it again and again. The moment Adam stopped to live by faith, the word of God says he died. Because all along he had been living by the grace of God moving in his life. God revealing unto him on a day by day basis what it is that he was to do. But when the deceiver came into the garden, you know what happened. Adam stopped to live by faith. He started to live by sight. He started to live by the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He started to depend, oh, the anxiety stepped in. What might come tomorrow? What might come in the afternoon? What might come round the corner? There before he never had those fears. He moved knowing all is well under the covering of the grace of faith that God had installed within his system. And today as we move on, Continuing to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We looked last time when he said that I am the resurrection and the life. And he said, we who believes in me, though he die, he shall live. And he who lives and believes in me, he shall never die. In other words, saying, whoever believes in me will not die. The physical death is not death as far as God is concerned. He indicates that we are established as we believe in him because he is the resurrection. And we walk many times down the memory lane 
We remember, oh, I wish this could have happened. I wish that could have happened. Oh, I have become this instead of becoming that. But that word when it says, I am the resurrection, is a word of hope for you and me. In that, he says, I will restore the wasted years. As your faith is stirred up and you continue to trust and believe, what has been going wrong all along? Just as our sisters encouraged us what they were hearing yesterday, God will make it right because he is the resurrection. He restores back that which we have lost. And that's why he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And this son is called Jesus. And when we believe on Jesus, he says, Whosoever believes on Jesus, that individual gets, finds life. He finds, he or she finds the meaning and the purpose of life. And he or she is able to press on into the future with the assurance, with the rest in their spirit and in their life, that it is well and it's going to be well. I have a hope that when my life is over on earth, I'm not ended. I am entering into the eternal rest that God has prepared for his beloved. I am going into the bosom of our Father, that is the Lord God Almighty, and I am, at, I am entering into the everlasting life for the glory of God. My life has a purpose. And so today, I want us to look at one other aspect that Jesus declares and says, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. And I want us to link that particular scripture again to our faith. And see how does this spur our faith? How does it stir up our faith as we are linked onto this one who says, I am the true vine. Let us read the word of God in, in John chapter 15 from verse 1 to verse 6. And the word of God says, Jesus is speaking, I am the true vine. And my father that is God almighty, he is the gardener. Oh, he is the vine dresser. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will even be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, that is, remain in the Lord Jesus as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Then Jesus says again, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you do, if you do not remain in me, that is verse 6, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and they are burned. Looking unto Jesus, the true vine. Right from the beginning, when God made, created 
everything on the face of the earth. One of the things as he tells us in Genesis chapter 2 verse 9, he says, the Lord made all kinds of trees to grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. Interesting. And you realize what trees are and what trees actually the importance of trees unto us as human beings. But right from the very beginning, he commanded so many trees to come forth. And he says they were pleasant to the eye and also good for food. Now, as we go through the scriptures, it is interesting that in various places, God keeps referring, or the scripture keeps referring to men and women as trees. He keeps on calling, either he will call them one place, he says that, you know, they say that he who meditates on the word of God will be like a tree that is planted by the rivers that bears fruit in its season, likening us to, to, to the trees. Another place he speaks and he says, you know, he is planting us as trees of righteousness for the display of his splendor. Realize something. Generally, just like trees, as we know, trees beautify the landscape. They are good to look at. They make every place wonderful. And most so the fruit trees that bring forth fruit, that we enjoy them. Every one of us loves fruits. Whatever kind of fruit you may find, people love fruits. But God comes and likens you and I to the trees. And I want you to realize something. Every moment he kept on visiting the garden of Eden. He did not come to visit the garden to visit the plants and, uh, and uh, whatever trees that were around. It appears there's one particular tree or two particular trees that he kept coming to visit. Because the word of God says he kept on coming to visit man and woman in the garden. These two were his center of focus. As long as he had visited Adam and Eve, every other thing had been visited. He had to come only to touch Adam and everything else was touched. This tree, as I call Adam, I consider Adam as a tree. Now in a different form, it had a reflection of God himself. And so he, it was pleasant to him. And also, it produced a fruit that pleased God. It, you know, God is love. And as we said last time, as long as Adam imaged God, that is love, he could see love in action. The fruit that was coming out of Adam and Eve, it was the fruit of love, the fruit of kindness. Every animal was happy and attressed. Every plant was happy and addressed. Everything was addressed and because they were enjoying the fellowship and the atmosphere of love. Why? Because there was one tree there. That is Adam. He was reflecting this particular love. The tree that is the fruit that God produces. We have learned in, in that scripture. It says the fruit of the spirit. God is spirit. And the fruit of the spirit is love is joy, is peace, is long-suffering, is kindness, is you know, goodness, is faithfulness, is self-control. You know, all these gentleness, that is the fruit of the Spirit. So that is God's fruit. 
That is what God produces wherever it is he turns himself. Wherever it is that he abides, you will find love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, you know, faithfulness, gentleness, you know, self-control, all these particular fruit, this fruit. It is one fruit, but it is manifested in all those nine ways, wherever God is. And so when Adam was in that place, that's what was manifested in the Garden of Eden. And as God's desire was, he told them, remember his word, he told them, multiply and subdue the earth. What was his desire? That this particular fruit of his will be manifested in every area of the earth. Every child of Adam was to be a branch that was coming forth. And it was, all of it were coming from that one stalk, Adam. And they were spreading out all over the earth to fill the earth with the goodness and with the favor and with the grace of God at every particular corner. But Adam failed and he sinned. And you know what happened? Instead of that particular fruit of love and, and of grace and goodness, we find Cain coming up. And murder enters hatred and selfishness enters into the world. You can look through the whole of history. That other stock of Adam, we have found a Hitler has come up somehow. And we found a Stalin. A Stalin has come forth. We, 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 you know, we found the Mussolinis and what have you across with what the idiom means, those ones who know the idiom mean of Africa. And we found all the, you know, the Noriegas of, of the, of the, of, of, of the, of the, of the Panama. Well, you know, all these particular areas, we've had this these strange branches that have come forth and brought so much harm and hatred in the world. All of them coming from that one stock, and that is Adam. But as we move on, and as we look at the purposes of God, we find Jesus comes at some point, and he says again, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. When he's pointing towards Isaiah's prophecy, he says, so that he may give beauty for ashes, to deliver the bound. And he says that there may be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Once again, God had not given up on that dream. He wanted that faith once again to be reignited and to be brought forth again, so as to bring forth the fruit that he desired. And he puts it, you know, a tree is known by its fruit. And Jesus, he, as we have read, he declares himself to be the true vine. He says, the, vi the father is the vine dresser. The father is, you know, he indicates that he uh, alone, the father has taken interest in him. Just like he took interest in Adam. And Adam failed him, Adam and Eve failed him. Yet again, he found this second tree that came out of the ground, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, I am the true vine, meaning there, are other, there may be some other strange vines somewhere. And he says, he comes and says, and the father is the gardener. The father is interested in this particular tree, in this particular vine alone, not in any other. And we ask ourselves, why does the father take interest in Jesus alone? And we find he takes interest in him as a gardener. He attains to this particular tree alone. 
He is looking at this particular tree and he's the only one he's working on. You realize in Matthew chapter 3 verse 17, we have spoken of it. He says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Nowhere else had God said I am well pleased in a, in a man or in a woman. He says Adam and Eve, they were very good. Enoch walked with God and God took him. And then because he walked, he walked with God. But when he comes to the, the son, he's the one that God declares over and he says, this one, I am well pleased in him. Place unto the eye and good for food. This vine produces the food that God desires. And Jesus himself in John 8, 29 says, I all the father has not left me because I always do the things that please him. That means every expression of Jesus, every particular act of Jesus was and is a delight to the Father. Everything that Jesus did, he says, and we know that without faith it is impossible to please God. It will then automatically imply Jesus did everything by faith. He did not walk by sight. He did not walk by his ability. He walked by the grace and the help of God. And that's what God is starting to draw us unto. Jesus died for you and me. And he rose again. And as he rose, everyone who believes in him becomes a new shot, a new shoot, or a new branch that starts to manifest itself. Realize a tree is only called a tree when it has branches. If it is just a mere stalk in the ground, people will say that is a trunk of a that is a trunk of a tree. Because, but when the branches are all there, it says, Oh, look at that particular tree. It is so wonderful. The branches is as if they complete the tree. And now Jesus comes and tells us something very interesting in this particular place. That as basically each branch expresses is an expression of the tree. Each branch reveals what the tree is like. And looking unto Jesus as our vine, it starts to transform you and me so that we may be able to express him who is the original vine, who is the true vine. He wants you and me to express and to reveal him or to manifest him. Now, we say looking unto Jesus is speaking of accepting him. Meditating on him, making him the Lord and Savior of our lives, believing in what he has said, walking by his statutes and his command and his desire. And thus, the first thing that I want us to look at just very, very quickly and we shall be through. First and foremost, when you look at Jesus who is the true vine, the word of God where we read is, it effects a cleansing in your life and in my life. Remember what he says in verse 2. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit he prunes. So that it will be even more fruitful. That you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. And, and, and essentially here he says the father takes a personal interest in you as the branch. As you look unto the Lord Jesus. If you want God to take a personal if, uh, you know, interest in you and your faith is stirred up, focus, look on the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You know, immerse yourself as you seek to know him, to understand his ways, to allow his spirit to immerse into your person and into your system. He indicates that, you know, the Father, God Almighty, takes now a personal interest in you. As the gardener looks on the branch of his tree that is bearing fruit, he goes cleaning that particular tree. Is it sickness? Is it something in you that is not right? Is it a habit? Is it situations in you that are not right? As we look on Jesus, his mercy starts to flood us. The mercy of the tree starts to flood our lives and it starts to prune, to remove things from us as he works in us. Remember, he makes you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. That is in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. He says, for it is God who makes you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good pleasure. God will work in you. God will work in me. He enlightens our eyes to, to that revelation. To the revelation, revelation of his word that will break the chains in our lives. That, that will break the habits in our lives. The things that have held us down as we look on the Lord Jesus, the true vine. The Father, in that interest that he takes on you and in me, he starts that faith in you that enables you to start breaking off the things that have been holding you. And as Karina encouraged, as he says, no longer will your feet be tangling only in the pool. No, as you look at him, you find that the Father now draws you into the main pool so that your life becomes transformed. But it's only as you look at him he takes interest in you remember psalms 119 verse 11 he says he enables you to hide his word in your heart you will no longer be a forgetful hearer or a forgetful reader as you look at the lord jesus the father takes interest in you and somehow the word of god starts to stick into your spirit suddenly you find you are able to grasp what you have never been able to grasp before because he's the true vine the vine starts to you know the nutrients flow from the main stalk into the branches and they continue to feed you as you look on the vine the vine has all or the stalk has all that you need because it is linked to the main source it's linked to the god himself and as we look to him he has the time to be able to release what you need in your life and you know as he says in psalms 17 verse 4 there's something in psalm 17 verse 4 that he says very wonderful he says though people tried to bribe me i have kept myself from the ways of the violent through what your lips have commanded. Another version says, Concerning the works of men and women, by the word of your lips, I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. What does that mean? As you look unto the vine, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father releases his word into your spirit. And as that word sticks, you become a branch that starts to avoid that which will bring destruction or violence into, into your life. Remember Philippians 1 verse 16. He says he will complete the good work he began in you. 
Why? Because you are continually looking onto the vine. Your eyes don't move away from the vine to consider other options. You've got one option that you look at, and that option is enough. Whether I am in pain, I will not look to another. I'm looking to this Jesus. He will make a way for me to be able to receive my healing, to be able to receive the right treatment that I need, because the Father himself is the gardener, and he's watching over me and watching over you. Item number two, so first and foremost, he effects cleansing. When you look at the vine of the Lord Jesus, it effects cleansing in our lives. And that brightens our faith. It makes your faith to start to glow as you continue to look at him. And as a result, you will be able to bear fruit. The second reason of looking at the vine, that is looking at the true vine, that is the Lord Jesus, he matures you into your season. He, you know, there's nothing as bad as having, if you imagine having a child who never grows up, who will never grow up, and there are conditions that make people who are not to be able to grow up. And imagine having a child who remains two year old or who remains a one year old at three month old that are down through the years, 50 years down the line, he's still like a child or she's still like a, a baby. You are still having to do everything for that particular individual. You find that's what, what the Lord says. The father, the gardener, takes interest in you as a person and as an individual. He, he, what does he say in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13? He says, till we all come to the unity of faith, to unto the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect person, to be, he says, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He will mature you into the full person that you are supposed to be you will no longer be a baby in the things of god as you look at the true vine he releases his nature just as strong as the main trunk of the tree is many times you find the branch as the branches grow they just become as big and as strong as the vine the main main stalk itself that's what Jesus is looking for in you and in me. And he says he matures us to be able to bring fruit just like him himself. In Psalms 1, verse 2 and 3, we have, we have that scripture where he says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law, and his law he meditates day and night. Jesus is the word of God. Jesus is the law of God. And his lifestyle is what the law of God is. His character is what the law and the word of God is. And he says, when we meditate on him day and night, when we move, he is the one who makes our heart to tick. We listen to many men and women in the world, but all that we could be able to listen to this one Jesus, because in him, the father is fully expressed. And in him, we grow into the full maturity that God wants us to, go into, to grow into. And he says, as he goes on, he says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. His leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. He will mature you as you look unto him. My brother, my sister, let us encourage ourselves. Regardless of the conditions and the situations we come in, let us feed on the Lord Jesus Christ. So much about him is written in this word. As we read, 
more and more is revealed and sticks into our spirit as we associate ourselves in him. He says, your fruit will not fail as you look unto the main trunk that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, look unto the true vine. As if you go on in verse 4 of that particular psalm, Psalm chapter 1, he says, The ungodly are not so, but are like the shaft which the wind drives away. He not only matures you, but he makes you to have a firm ground on which you stand. The wind will not blow you away. The various, you know, fates and what have you that come from the side will not sweep you away from the grace of God that is in Christ Jesus as you look at him. But if you remove your eyes from this particular central point that is the true vine himself, the word of God indicates unto us, we become ungodly and the wind will sweep us away. We are removed from the presence of God because we look at other stuff that is not that is not that is not worthwhile. The third bit, as we draw to a close, is He will keep you from the He will keep you from the evil one. We realize what it is he says in verse 4. He says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. And then in chapter 17, verse 15, he says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. What is the Father saying? As we look at the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the true vine, this is where the interest of the Father is found, my brother and my sister. Nowhere else does God, is God interested in the world. He is interested where Jesus is. That is where he, the Father is interested. And if your eyes are in him, you are linked unto him. The Father is looking at you and he says, Jesus says, abide in me. Why is he telling you and me to abide in, me, in him? Because he knows God has only one focus in one place. And that is on the Lord Jesus. So whoever is in Jesus is safe. There is security and there is safety in and rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he urges us to abide in him, in Jesus. To accept him, to meditate on him, to contemplate him, to call on him, to seek him, and to aspire and desire to experience him in our lives. That's why he says in Romans chapter 10 verse 13, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I encourage you, my brother and my sister, whoever you are, call on this name, the name Jesus. Why? The name Jesus is actually him. And if you look at it, to call or to mention this name is to call and to mention him. That is to mention the Lord himself. You cannot separate a person from his name. And as you cannot separate the name from the, the person Jesus. You cannot isolate Jesus from his name. That is, let his name be in your mind. Let his name be in your eyes. Let his name be in your heart. Let his name be in your mouth. That is, you talk him. You leave him. You converse him. You do your business in the light of him. You relate to others in the light of Jesus. You treat others in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, it is the name that has been given unto us. 
And you know, that name identifies him. Otherwise, we will not know him. That's why we call him Jesus. It's the name that the Father has given unto us. That name identifies him. That name describes him. And that name is his character. And that's why he says, you shall not mention the name of the Lord your God in vain. Why? Because to mention that name is to mention him. And do you know why demons do not mention the name Jesus? When you, if you go to deliverance sessions or what have you, Satan does not accept to mention that name. If every demon does not want to mention the name Jesus because they know the moment you mention Jesus, you bring him onto the scene. Every mention of his name that says, whosoever shall call on the name of Jesus shall be delivered. Why? Every time that name is called, he is there because he is that name. No other name but the name of Jesus. Least of all, number four, you are warned to be on guard. This period, as you look unto that vine, unto the true vine, you are warned to be on guard. You are warned to be alert. You are warned, and I am warned also, to be watchful. That is in verse 6 of all the scripture where we read. That is chapter, John chapter 15, where it says, If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and they are burned. Looking at the vine and looking at the Lord Jesus, it stops you from being complacent. Many times believers we become complacent and we allow so many things in our lives which are not in line with the vine, the true vine himself. You know, looking unto him encourages you and I to hold fast onto that which we have. Why? Because he says as you look at him, you can see what the vine dresser does. He cuts off branches that are not productive. Let us not be deceived. That scripture is warning you and I to be on guard, to be watchful, and to be alert. Don't handle your faith flippantly. Don't handle your faith just anyhowly. It is precious. And him whom we are dealing with is not a man that he should lie. We know he is love. As many times, you know, in the world over the world, people are saying, God is love. He cannot do and He cannot send people to hell. He cannot, you know, punish people. Let me tell you something. This scripture is so clear. Jesus says, I am the vine. Only those who abide in me are safe from the knife of the gardener. They are safe from the knife of him who prunes. And what does he say? He gives you reason to cast down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God because you discover whom you are dealing with. Every branch that is deceased and unproductive, even in real life, is usually cut off because it will affect the other, the other branches. And that's what happens in the spirit arena. Let us look unto the vine and we shall become productive in Jesus' name. Father, we bless you and we thank you for your faithfulness. Help us to be fruit, to be trees, to be branches of the true vine. Help us to look to the Lord Jesus Christ, that we may be cleansed, dear Lord, by the Father, as he attends unto us. That we may be matured by the Father, as he works his will and his purposes in us by his Spirit, O God. 
that father we may be able to be kept from the evil one because you are the one who keeps us from evil but that is only as we look unto the Lord Jesus Christ that we may be able to be on guard and we may be alert we may not be ignorant or complacent we may be able to do the will of God for the honor of your name may you help us and all those who have heard this word commit their lives unto the Lord Jesus who is the true vine Yield our lives unto you, Lord Jesus, and we may believe in you, Son of God, that we may be restored into the purposes of God. In Jesus' name.